Welcome to Catch You Outdoors, episode number four. The title today is all about kayaks. I'm your host, Captain Rob Modis. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that you can contact me via email at catchoutdoors at gmail.com. Our website is catchoutdoors.com. And there you'll find a list of episodes, both past and future. Lastly, we have a Facebook page. You guessed it. Catch you outdoors. There's a lot to talk about on this subject. So I'm going to do my best to try to keep it down into the 30-minute time frame. Don't want to lose you. (laughs) But it may go over a little bit today. There's an awful lot to talk about. Kayaks are kind of on the rise. They've grown by leaps and bounds in Florida. And uh, based on some of the social media that I follow, uh, they're also doing that in other areas of the U.S. Um, it's, it's popular. It's popular because it's a combination of uh, exercise and just getting out there on the water and enjoying yourself. Personally, my, my kayak adventure began shortly after I stopped guiding as a charter fishing captain. I ran into the big bad cancer back in 2015, and that sort of forced my hand, so banging around in a boat was not what the doctor recommended because of my bad back, but I couldn't stop fishing. I mean, there's no way in the world I'm going to stop doing that, whether it's walking on the beach, fishing around a lake, you know, okay, so there's no boat, but kayak, that's that's really where my focus started right there was, was there's, I've got to get a kayak. But the first mistake I made, it was a pretty big one, was not renting first. Um, there are dozens of kayaks. No, there's hundreds of kayaks. There are dozens of styles. There are different lengths, uh, different stabilities. There's all kinds of things that goes into the manufacture of a kayak that when you're a novice at this, there's just, I mean, it, it now it blows me away at the time. I, I'll just go get a kayak. This will be easy. No problem. Nope. It, it, I've been through three. So if that tells you anything, and that's not a very economical way to approach a sport, uh, is to have to switch what you've purchased over and over again. So rent. Um, there are lots of places around uh, Florida in particular that will rent a kayak to you. Most of them are obviously shore-based. Some are in back bays. Uh, as a matter of fact, the Estero River Outfitters, which is one I'm a fan of over in the uh, Fort Myers area, they're actually located on the Estero River upriver, pretty good ways from the bays and the Gulf of Mexico. Um, most places that sell kayaks will be more than happy to have you try one out. They'll arrange a, a meeting with you to do that. But I'll be honest with you, renting, I think renting is better because short-term purchase, you know, at a, at a place where you're going to purchase, if you're going to get into a kayak, you're only going to be in it for a short time to try it out. And that's not enough to tell you uh, how it's going to affect you overall for the long term. That's where renting comes in. Renting allows you to do a couple hours uh, three hours, four hours, half a day, whatever, whatever you decide you want to try to do. And it'll give you a good idea of how comfortable the kayak is and whether you want to go on with this for long term, um, especially if you're fishing. And we'll kind of get into that in just a few minutes about the differences between just paddling around and, and also fishing. There are really two different things in a kayak. And, and I, in my opinion, there's no one kayak that seems to do both really, really well. So to make a long story short, I did the research online. I did a lot of Googling. I did a lot of talking to people. I went around searching for looking, you know, basically looking at different kayaks, things like that, and made up my mind what I wanted. 
Uh, I had heard good things about a, a company called Wilderness Systems. And I thought, well, I'm going to hunt for one of those and maybe get one of those. And lo and behold, a friend of mine who, was a, who, who had a, a client wanted to sell his um, health reasons. And it was in great shape. It was almost brand new. It was a, a Wilderness Systems uh, Tarpon 160. Really nice. But, well, just a few things. Uh, the name was a bit misleading. The length was much too long. 16 feet. That's what the 160 stood for. Huge in the world of kayaks, I found out. It was also a bit skinny, so stability was an issue for this old guy here that you know, I'm, I'm in my 60s. You know, I get balance becomes an issue. And you getting in a kayak, it's really important that it be stable. It was also a paddle kayak, not pedal. But at the time, I wasn't researching pedal kayaks all that much because the expense of a, a pedal kayak was well above a paddle kayak. And so for the budget, I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll focus more on, a, on uh, paddling a kayak. So I began my kayak career in a tarpon 160 um caught a lot of fish including you guessed it a tarpon of course you catch a tarpon in a tarpon 160 <laughs> seriously <laughs> grouper snapper trout ladyfish jacks cobia redfish i caught snook i caught all kinds of stuff in this kayak it was it was great and i fished it for quite a while but the stability became a problem, and I soon learned that paddling a kayak is difficult for fishing. Uh, I said that earlier. If you're a sightseer and you want to spend time in a kayak, uh, going out uh, along beaches, you're sightseeing, birding, things like that, paddling is fine. And a longer kayak might be better for you than, than say, a 12-foot, which is now very popular. Uh, the reason I say that is a 16-foot kayak tracks extremely well. In other words, when you put the paddle in the water and give a push with the right and a push with the left and then stop, stop paddling, the kayak will coast quite a long ways uh, because of, of its length and also because of its this, just the slenderness of it. Um, it it's, it's truly amazing. When you drop back to a 12-foot kayak, you don't get quite the glide that you get on a 16-foot. But that wasn't my biggest problem. The biggest problem was just stability. It's, it was the wilderness is skinny. Great kayak, don't get me wrong, it was skinny. So I decided to look around for another kayak that was wider. Um, I did a lot of talks and things over at Bass Pro Shop. I taught fishing classes over there and had a good association with them. And the manager said, why don't you come over and look at the Ascends? And so I did. Uh, I wound up buying an Ascend 12 uh, from the Bass Pro. Uh, again, a paddle, not a pedal, <laughs> but much more stable. This was more like a, a miniature boat kayak style. Um, plenty of room to move around, comfortable seat, uh, plenty of storage area on, on the top and inside. I mean, you could put stuff just about anywhere on this kayak. It was, it was actually really good in, in that respect. But because of its, its weight, and it was heavier than the tarpon, shorter but heavier, it was hard for me to maneuver uh, in and out of the truck. It was hard for me to get it down to the shoreline and get it in. So I, you know, I suddenly realized that I, I was kind of back to the same problem I'd had before. It was, it was a weight thing. Uh, on the water, by the way, it was the ascends are great. Uh, if you want something that's totally stable, that's more like a boat, 
than a kayak, then this is this is definitely the kayak for you. And I will say this too, it had all kinds of available 12 volt mounting on it. So in other words, you could put a trolling motor on it and things like that, which I'll talk about more about the accessories here in a minute, but you could add an awful lot of goodies to it that were electrical. It had, it had the capability to run lights. So if you get up early in the morning before the light comes up, you could use it and in the evening. So that was, that was kind of cool. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I taught classes at Bass Pro. And I met a lot of people at Bass Pro. So while I was plugging around in the Ascend, I ran into this guy named Mike. And Mike invited me to go fishing uh, with him down in Marco Island. I had actually spoken at their club, their fishing club down in Marco. And uh, that's how we had built a friendship. So he said, why don't you come down and go and go kayaking with us? And I said, well, I don't want to haul the Ascend all the way down there. And, you know, da-da-da-da-da. He said, no problem. Uh, I've got a friend down here. His name is Dave. And we have an extra kayak between the two of us. So come on down and we'll supply the kayak. And I was like, okay, that's uh, can't, can't beat that, can you? So I guess I should interject right here and right now. Mike and Dave are responsible for my addiction, my true addiction to kayak fishing. They really changed the way that I looked at it. Um, that I mean, that's the only thing I can say. They they changed the my whole attitude about the kayak. It suddenly wasn't difficult because guess what? The third kayak was a Hobie Outback, and they were both using Hobie Outbacks. And what had happened was, I believe it was Dave had bought a new one, the new style, and had kept the older style. So he had like a 2019 model, and the one I was using, they loaned me, was the 2018 model. But nevertheless, that was my first experiment or experience, well, both, (laughs) experiment and experience, with a pedal kayak. And let me tell you, if you like to fish, you're going to love pedal kayaks versus paddle. That's all there is to it. I, You know, I hate to burst the bubble here, but that's just the way it is. My first trip with them was uh, on the Barren River. Uh, that's located, the, well, the launch site for the Barren River uh, was at uh, Everglades City. And um, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I called it an epiphany because it was. Comfortable, stable, obviously designed for fishing and for a fishing nut like me. Rod holders, extremely comfortable seat. Uh, the pedals are really interesting. The pedals are adjustable uh, for leg length. So you can actually um, adjust them away and towards you for leg length. And, and if, you're, if your leg's slightly longer than the other, <laughs> you can actually separately adjust them. I found that over time as I pedal and you get a little tired, you could simply move them one click. Move them a click in or a click out. And it's, it's kind of like readjusting a car seat when you're driving. It gives you that, that little change in the seat for a long drive that, that makes the drive bearable. And, oh yes, we caught fish. Caught a lot of fish. Caught some beautiful jacks, snook, reds, uh, sea trout. It was really amazing. I, I, I liked it. I mean, I liked it a lot. Um, it also really started the bug in me, as I mentioned, that enthusiasm that I was, you know, it, 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 fishing is really fun for me and I love it, but I'd lost a little bit of that enthusiasm. And the nice thing about these kayaks is they really brought it back. Um, so it's a winner. It was a real winner for me, and I, I make no plans whatsoever in changing the two that I bought. That's right. I made the move. After another trip with them, I think we did um, we did the Barren River a couple of times, and then we went over and did uh, the Everglades National Park uh, interest, in, in, entry location in Everglades City. Uh, wow, that was that was something else. And 
you know, a long trip in the, that was the first really long trip in the kayak. We went out, uh, you got almost a mile and a half to cover before you even get to islands that you can fish. Uh, we fished those for a good portion of the morning into the early afternoon and then pedaled all the way back. And, and I really liked it. I mean, I was sore because I haven't exercised that much in a while, but quite frankly, it was certainly doable. And we caught an awful lot of fish on all those trips. Now, by no means am I saying you should just run out, if you're a fisherman, just run out and get yourself a, um, a Hobie. However, that rental part comes into play. So if you get a chance to rent one, by all means do so. And if you can try out one, do so. And, and, and do it versus the paddle. Now, if you're not a, a, a crazed fisherman like I am, and maybe you're only going to go once a month, once every two months in the kayak for the, for the purpose of fishing versus cruising and sightseeing, then, you know, I mean, the Hobies are not cheap. Uh, you can get a couple of really nice uh, paddle kayaks for the price of one Outback. So I, I'm not going to kid you. Uh, but if you're an avid fisherman, there's, there's really no other choice at this point. Now, I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to belittle any other manufacturer because, quite frankly, there are a lot of pedal kayaks suddenly appearing on the scene. I mean, Hobie really has ruled this thing for years, and the other ones have started to catch on. There's obviously, you know, copyright, stuff like that going on with the Hobie, so they can't do exactly what Hobie's done, but the ones that I'm starting to see pop up look very, very interesting. The Outback is unique. It has a couple of drive systems that... I think are really great. Um, there's forward and reverse on the one I got. Um, they call it the 180, which basically means you you pedal in one direction, you put it in neutral, if you will, <laughs> sort of. You pull a cable cord, and it's in reverse. You just start pedaling again, and guess what? You're going backwards. It also has a rudder on it for steering with your hands. Uh, in the case of mine, being a newer model, it has, it has uh, handles on both sides of the kite, the port and starboard, left and right. Uh, so you can you can steer it going backwards or steer it going forward. The trick I love to do with it for fishing is I'm a mangrove nut. I love fishing the bushes. And with the kayak set up with a 180 in it, you can pedal up to your target zone, stop, slow down, put it in reverse, and give it a gentle pedal so it kind of stops it dead and then make your cast. If you hook up with a big fish in the mangrove, you're not going to get pulled in like you will with most kayaks because you can start pedaling. And when you start pedaling, guess what? You're pedaling backwards. So you're literally helping pull the fish away. So having that extra feature is pretty cool. They also make a 360. So they do make one that where the kayak will literally spin on its axis. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's a really cool idea. And if you were in limited space or really narrow areas, it would probably be pretty neat. But so far with my kayak, I have been able to do uh, with the 180, I've been able to get out of all kinds of jams and be able to pull fish away from really, really tight locations without a whole lot of trouble. Um, and I bought my wife one. <laughs> I bought a pair. Uh, so we can travel together now, and we can both do fishing together. She enjoys it as well. So uh, there will be trips that we'll do uh, in the future where we're probably just going to go sightseeing and check out new spots and new places. And at the, and on the other hand, there'll also be places that we're going to go to where, where fishing becomes the focus. And that's where that kayak really shines. There are lots of dealers, so be sure to check out your local dealership. Uh, I know there's one in Tampa. I checked Jacksonville. 
uh, Upper East Coast. Obviously, Fort Lauderdale, the place that I went to, is called Nautical Ventures, and and they had a great selection of kayaks and treated me right. So I, I had a, I had a very good experience there in Fort Lauderdale. And I earlier mentioned Estero River Outfitters. They carry, oh my gosh, I hundreds of kayaks from from the the visual from the road of their place is like oh my gosh i've never seen so many kayaks in one place ever um, they also are hobie dealers and they'll take good care of you um the mechanics of the hobie are a little tricky so keep that in mind uh, it's always good if you can do the dealer because there will come a point where you have to prep the pedals uh, prep the rudder, things like just little things that really do need to be done over time to the kayak. If you're handy, you can do it yourself. But if you're looking for someone to take care of you, then both of the places I mentioned, Estero River Outfitters and Nautical Ventures, can take care of the uh, the maintenance side. But if you don't live in those areas, by all means, uh, get on get on good old Google and see what you can find uh, uh, in reference to the kayaks. And as I mentioned earlier, start with rentals. There's all kinds of accessories for kayaks, uh, things that make your life simpler. There's some necessities that you absolutely have to have. Obviously, a life jacket's required on board. Um, it, one thing to note, Coast Guard rules on the kayak do not require you to take uh, one of the orange, um, you know, type ABC type uh, floating uh, flotation devices with you. Um, so you can use a ski vest, and I would find something comfortable. Um, I... I love uh, the inflatables. Um, you can actually get vests now that you put on over your head or around your body. Um, they have a pull on them, and when you pull on them, they'll instantly inflate. Some of them have uh, H2O or water sensors built into them, so if you fall out of the kayak into the water, it will automatically inflate. Uh, good to know and good to have. If that's if you find those uncomfortable or you're not sure about it, then just get a good regular ski vest. And I would spend the money. You want comfort, and there's nothing more uncomfortable than a, a ski vest that doesn't fit you properly. In some shallow water areas, I, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I take the vest off. I put it behind me. In the, there's a little carrier in the Hobie right behind your seat, and I keep it there. But only in a situation where if I were to come out of the kayak, I could stand up. And, of course, where I fish, that can happen a lot. And don't say it won't happen. Don't say that you won't capsize. Don't say you won't fall out because you will. Everyone I've talked, okay, I'm going to knock on wood while I see you. Listen to this. There, I knocked on wood. I haven't fallen out yet and I haven't capsized yet. But I know, I know it can happen because I've seen it happen. Probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make in a kayak is they will reach up to get a branch above their head and push it up out of the way. And if you hold on to that branch for just a little bit too long, the kayak keeps going and your body doesn't. And guess what? You're in the water because splash. That's a, a novice mistake that I've seen happen dozens of times. So life jackets are very, very important. A whistle is a really good idea. You need a signal whistle of some sort. You also want a way to wrap up things that are critical with plastic bags. In other words, I use baggies. Your cell phone, your car keys, especially if they're the brand new electronical type, you know, uh, fob. Uh, you don't want that to get wet. If it gets wet, it will simply stop working. Uh, first aid kit's good to have on board. Um, and then, of course, a cooler with uh, drinks and things like that on it. Um, sunblock, um, because you're going to be out in the sun in most cases, especially in the state of Florida. Uh, you, you're not in a, a situation where you have a lot of cover on board. So you want to you want to at least put on a little sunblock or at least carry some with you. An anchor. I 
I don't really anchor all that much. Again, I'm in shallow water quite a bit. Um, but if you're in moving water, if you're in water that's four or five, six feet deep and it's moving and you run into a problem on the kayak or you want to rig, uh, say, tackle, um, you're going to get pushed along no matter what you do. So it's always great to have a little anchor that you can drop in and, and lash off. Something about anchors, we'll get back to the capsize part, do your best not to put the anchor over the side of the boat directly amidships. In other words, at the center of the kayak. Uh, you get a good cur current going on, and the anchor will literally pull the side of the kayak over, down into the water. Water comes flooding in. Boop, over you go. Next thing you know, you're swimming. Um, I like to adjust the, the um, uh, anchor so it's either off the bow or off the stern of the kayak. They make a little thing called an anchor trolley. Uh, I don't have it on mine. I'm planning on adding it, though, uh, although I don't, I, like I said earlier, I don't fish in a lot of real deep water. But the anchor trolley is pretty cool. It's, it's nothing more than a line and a pulley that runs the full length of the kayak from the bow to the stern. It's on the side. You hook the anchor to that. When the anchor goes in the water, the anchor will go to the back or the front, whichever way the current's running, and you have control of that. The, the anchor pulley is actually has a line on it that you can pull. So when you get ready to go, you simply pull the anchor back to you and raise it out of the water. Uh, that prevents that, that sideways accident from happening because you can adjust where the anchor goes, whether it goes off the bow or off the stern, according to current. There are all kinds of holders, gadgets, uh, all these kayaks are starting to come with rails on them. That's what they call it. Their, their mounting rails are on the top of the kayak, and the mounting rails hold uh, rod holders. Uh, if you have a GoPro, it has several different GoPro mounts that you can mount on the rails. So if you want to take video of where you are, if you get that big catch and you want to catch it on film, there are cell phone holders, all kinds of stuff for the, that these rail things have. So look into that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not careful, the accessories on a kayak will cost you as much as the initial purchase of the kayak. Now, a tip I learned about paddles. Um, I don't worry about it so much with the Hobie anymore because it actually comes with its own paddle and you're only going to use it in a jam. In other words, if the, if the uh, pedal system were to stop working or you break something in the pedal system, you have to have a way to motivate, so you got to go to the paddle. Um, on a paddle kayak, where it's essential, spend the money on a good paddle. Um, I've, I, I went cheap the first time I did. I, just, I got a basic paddle, graphite, seemed nice. And then I went and looked and thought, man, this is getting hard on my arms and my shoulders. And lo and behold, they make, well, they make some very expensive paddles, but they make some that are extremely light. Uh, they're uh, adjustable for width, which is important on a kayak to know how wide the kayak is before you get a, something too short. It's not going to work. It's going to become a single paddle instead of, instead of a dual. Um, so be sure to check those out. Uh, it'll make your life simpler, especially if you're a long distance paddler. If you want to, if you, if you're making trips, scenic trips and you're, you're, uh, I call it birding. That's something that I know a lot of people like to do, uh, or just plain sightseeing. Uh, get a good quality, lightweight paddle. It'll make all the difference in the world after you've been out there an hour or two. And while I'm on the subject of length of time on the water, take it easy the first few times. Don't plan monster trips in a kayak if you haven't done it before, whether you're paddling or pedaling. Either way, take a few short trips. Do a half hour to an hour, see how you feel. Um, if you can 
do your trips in areas where you can get out and stretch. It's hard. A, a couple of the areas that I fished, I mentioned with the guys down in Marco, it's tough because there really isn't a place to get out of the kayak in these heavily mangroved areas with lots of oyster bars. It's not something you want to walk on. It's certainly not something that you can pull the kayak onto. Uh, so we were, we would take advantage of, ex for example, expo uh, exposed spoils, which are these these like mud areas that are in the middle of the creeks at low tide. So we could pull up to those and get out. If you're a newbie to this and you're just starting, I would highly suggest you do it in an area where at least you can take beach breaks or some sort of shore break where you can stand up, walk around a little bit, stretch, and then get back in the kayak. It makes it makes a huge difference for lengthening your your stay in the kayak. Uh, but take short trips at first and then graduate to longer trips until you get used to uh, the way the kayak feels and the way, way it works on your body. Hey, I'm not kidding you. It's, it is great exercise. Now let's talk a little bit about fishing, fishing from a kayak, whether it's pedal or paddle. Um, essentially, these are some of the things I've learned, and I just want to kind of pass them along to you. Um, make sure you have a net, a landing net. A landing net with an extension arm on it, extension handle, something that you can pull in and out so, you, so it takes up less room when it's on the kayak, but when you really need it, you can stretch it. Um, it's pretty much essential. Um, you are not going to want to drag a toothy creature or a spine creature, catfish, into the boat with you, into the kayak with you, and have them flipping all around. That's, it is not cool. <laughs> you want to keep the fish alongside you that is cool so be very very careful uh in the case of fish handling uh from the kayak there's a lot of stuff in the way you know when you're on a boat you're leaning over about the only thing in the way are your hands um and you're gonna you know you try to keep your head out of the way and your body out of the way in a kayak you can't you're fully exposed especially the legs and things like that so always keep that in mind good set of pliers a really good set of pliers and make sure they're attached to the kayak or yourself uh, don't just use a pair of pliers and then drop it in the bottom of the kayak. It's surely going to disappear if you were to capsize or just handling it over the side of the boat. The fish might wiggle on you and your good old pliers are gone. Um, there are a few other accessories that I like to have on board. I like a hook out device, uh, which helps you remove hooks from fish. Um, I have a towel. I, I, I'm not one to grab fish with towels. Uh, I don't like to. Uh, fish are slimy creatures. They're meant to be wet. If you handle a fish with a towel, you take the slime off. If you do that, there's a good chance when the fish is returned to the water, it will get parasites and eventually die. And that's not cool either. So keep that in mind. A cooler. Um, I don't keep a lot of fish, to be honest with you. Um, I go to the fish store. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much in it for the sport at this point. But I occasionally I'll run into something that I do want to eat, uh, specifically pompano. Um, I adore pompano. Sea trout's good too. So, you know, if there's a dinner involved and I'm going to keep a couple of fish for that, you're going to need a cooler, not only with your drinks and things, but you're going to need a cooler for keeping fish in. Unless you're like a lot of fishermen who don't mind throwing a fish into the same cooler their drinks are in. I I'm going to let that sink in for a second so everyone can go, ooh, that's, that's terrible. You don't really do that, do you? Yeah, yes, some fishermen do. And make sure you pack plenty to drink. Water, Gatorades, things like that. I would avoid the alcohol. It's illegal to drink alcohol in boat in most states and especially in Florida. Plus, you need your wits about you because you're in a kayak, which means you're a minnow among sharks. If you are kayaking in an area where there's boat traffic, you need to be on the ball because a lot of boaters aren't. 
I'm speaking from experience. I was a charter captain for years. I've seen some really crazy stuff in a boat. So mind your P's and Q's, you know, take good care of yourself and be on the lookout for people to come cruising around corners in a boat. And the chances of seeing you are kind of slim, especially if you're low to the water. I purposely bought an orange kayak. <laughs> it's bright, tropical orange. And my wife's is bright, tropical lime. I, I want to be seen. The, 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 the uh, camouflage kayaks are cool looking. There's like this deep gray one. There's obviously a military green looking thing. When you put that on the water, it's pretty daggone hard to see. Um, so keep that in mind. If you're going to kayak in an area where there's boat traffic, um, by all means, try to be visible. You can also add a flag that you can buy, an ex, you know, basically a, a, what do I call it? Kind of like a fishing rod. It's a rod. It's uh, usually eight feet tall, about eight feet high. And you can put one of those orange flags on the top of it. So you're more readily visible uh, from somebody in a boat that's not looking down, they're looking straight out, and they're more apt to see that flag. So that's that's an alternative that I would probably recommend. One of the coolest accessories I've seen yet for fishermen are trolling motors for kayaks. Now, there's ridiculously heavy ones and impossible to mount, and I've seen them. But there are some new ones out that are really pretty slick. Speaking specifically about a company named Bixby, no, they don't advertise, but I've, I've done a lot of research on this. Um, Bixby is a, um, it's pretty cool. They make a, a, a lithium battery, uh, which holds a, an enormous charge. So rather than have, it has its own battery. In other words, instead of going 12 volts, you got a battery from them. Um, it fits under the seat of most guys. In the case of the Hobie, it fits under the Hobie seat. Um, the trolling motors are really unique. They have uh, side mounts uh, for pedal kayaks like mine. They actually have one that drops into the pedal hole. Instead of the pedals, you can actually drop this trolling motor in there. Um, I'm not ready to go that route yet, but I tell you what, on long returns, I mentioned the Everglades earlier, where we would pedal out a mile and a half or so just to get to a decent fishing grounds. And, of course, that's getting you away from all the boats and the people and getting into areas that boats can't get into. That's the object of a kayak is being able to go where nobody else can go. The trip back is like, oh my gosh, by the time you get halfway across that bay, you're like, okay, I'm done with this. And I got to thinking, boy, that's where the Bixby would come in really handy. You don't have to use it the whole time. You put it behind the seat in the little storage um, uh, um, strap area. On the way back, pop it out, pop it in, turn it on, and head for home while you're eating a sandwich and drinking a Gatorade. I thought, man, this, this is really probably not a bad idea. So if you get to the point where you're serious, serious fishing, uh, be sure to check that out. And there are other manufacturers. Bixby was the one that I just latched onto because everything seems so convenient and so easy to mount. But believe me, it, this is a big deal. Trolling motors are a big deal with kayaks all of a sudden. Fishing from a kayak is a unique experience. And uh, I can't tell you... All right, as I mentioned, I guided for years from boats, uh, from everything from 16 feet, 17 feet, 22 feet, 21 feet. <laughs> Just about every boat you can imagine I, I fished out of at some point. A kayak sneaks up on fish better than a boat. I don't care how quiet you are. I don't, how, I don't care how good you are pulling that boat with a push pole. I don't care how good you are with a trolling motor and not tapping things, making noise, whatever. Kayaks are low profile. They do not push water uh, hardly at all, unless you're really moving in a kayak. Um, 
So sneaking up on fish, if you're a fisherman, is, man, that's what, that is the kayak. That's where it shines. There's no doubt about it. When I would cast a lure off of a boat and reel the lure back into the boat, I would generally stop my retrieve, the, my retrieve action, and just reel the line on back to the boat. Just bring it on back in because I know I wasn't going to get one next to the boat. And that pretty true. It happens. It does happen. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but it, it'll happen sometimes, but not always. Kayaks, phew, that's a whole nother ball game. You start bringing something in and you're getting ready to raise the lure out of the water at the tip of your rod and get smacked by a fish. Sometimes a nice red, sometimes a really good sized snook. What they'll do is they'll follow it back to you because they don't realize you're there. And when you start to raise that lure up out of the water or that fly, if you're a fly fisherman, you might get whacked right at the boat. It's one of the most thrilling things about a kayak, I think, about kayak fishing. So the stealth is really, really top notch. Access. If you want to get to areas that you've only dreamed about getting to, you've been in a boat for several years, you've been with friends in boats, and you're like, man, if I could just get in that one little bay right there, that's where the kayak comes in. You don't have to rely on public launches. You don't have to rely on putting it on a ramp just to get it in the water. There are a lot of areas that have what I call sand ramps. They're, they're basically just ramps cut between mangrove with, part, with a small parking lot, and you can put the kayak in, in the water easily. Um, it's easily, easily uh, uh, transported. Top of the car, roof racks, side racks tailgates of pickup trucks, and there are trailers. I use a trailer for the two of ours. They're lightweight kayak trailers, so you can, so you can haul them that way. So there's, there's just a multitude of reasons to look closely at this. Again, avid fisherman-wise. I realize if you're a sightseer and stuff, maybe not so much, but the kayak really, really does open up a, an a, amazing access to getting on fish that you otherwise would not get to. All right, time's up. <laughs> I told you I'd go over a little bit. Not much. My clock here says I'm at about 33 minutes or so. Thank you all so much for listening. Without listeners like you all, I wouldn't have a podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend. You can reach me via email at catchyoutdoors at gmail.com. All questions, suggestions. You can have questions about the kayak, something I didn't cover that you wanted to know. By all means, send me an email. I'll be happy to answer that for you. Again, that's uh, catchyoutdoors at gmail.com. Catch you Outdoors is hosted by Anchor and available via Spotify. Our Facebook page is Catch you Outdoors. The website is catchyoutdoors.com. Until next time, get outdoors and enjoy.